Pentecostal fire Stirring something new You're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon Resurrection power Runs in my veins too I believe there's another miracle here in this room This is a savage dry bones rattling This is the place make a dead man walk again Welcome to First Prez. My name is McLean Murphy, and a very happy Mother's Day to everyone here in the room. And for those of you joining us online, one of my favorite quotes about mothers was said by Sandra Stanley, wife of Andy Stanley. And she was talking about the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, and when asked to come down and do other tasks, Nehemiah would say, I am doing a great task, and I cannot come down. Sandra said that motherhood is the same way. Sometimes you have to say no to a lot of really good things because you are in the midst of building a high tower, raising children, a good work, and you cannot come down. So thank you to all of our mothers for the way that you love us and you care for us. And God, we, um, 
I'm just, I'm already praying. I'm just so thankful. <laughs> um, I'm going to pray for us in a second. Let me tell you a couple more things first. So if you are new to First Pres, we're so glad that you are here. And we have a Connect card for you to fill out. There's some in the pews. You can go to our website. You can scan the QR code, however you would like to access it. We would just love to know that you're here. We'd love to learn your name. We would love to reach out to you. Because we at First Pres care about relationships. We want to think about real relationships that lead to real transformation, both in our relationship with Jesus and with each other. So thank you, and thank you for those of you who are continuing to come in. Y'all come on in. Let me pray for us. God, we are so grateful for our mothers this morning. God, we thank you for the ways that they care for us, for the ways that they love us. It's like they're building a tower around us, the ways that they raise us up. God, we pray in particular for Aaron and Dan Carlson as they have welcomed their new baby boy, Cam. God, thank you for Aaron, one of our newest moms here in our congregation. Lord, we also pray, though, for women in this room and joining us online who Mother's Day is really hard. God, for women who want to be moms and are not able, for women who have lost their mom, for women who have lost their child. God, for some, this day is really difficult and really hard. But God, you are good and faithful and you meet us in tender ways. And so in the stillness and silence of our hearts, we lift up those women to you now. God, as we always do, we pray for Jackie Faircloth, our friend, our sister. Jesus, would you draw near to her today? Would you comfort her? Would you encourage her? Would you strengthen her? God, we thank you so much that we have a day dedicated to our moms. Help us to love them well. And Jesus, you taught us how to pray. You taught us what it looks like to chase after your kingdom together as a people. And so in a surrendered posture, we pray that way before you now. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good. There we go. Good morning, everyone. Let's stand for our church. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. But since when has a possible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment. Sunday's empty too. Since when has a possible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the face making dead man walk again. Open the way. Sound 
done. You have faithfully prayed every day at 7.07 a.m. and p.m. coming from Psalm 37, saying, be still before the Lord, wait patiently for him, because those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Friends, God fulfilled his promise to us, and we have indeed inherited the land. A week ago last Friday, we sold this pro property officially, and then on Monday, this past Monday, we then purchased 3302 Horatio Street as our new church home. We will remain right here through September. So we want you to understand this is where we will continue to worship for the next five months. In Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land and lived in tents. Well, you know what? That's us. Because as we have been given the promised land on Horatio Street by God, we too are going to be living in our own version of tents. And I don't mean that we're going to rent tents. But like Abraham, we don't have a building yet. So what we're going to do is rehab one of the spaces on the property that exists right now, creating a place for us to be able to worship in an interim way while we're also building on site. It will all be very, very exciting. And we are eager and excited to continue to keep you informed about everything going on regarding the details of the move and even the design and the plans and more. The building that we are going to build will bring blessing to us in the same way that the promised land blessed the people of Israel, yet central to experiencing blessing from God is understanding that we are being blessed to be a blessing to others. That's what God made clear to Abraham. And so as we seek to bless others, we think about people in our own city who don't yet know Jesus. They don't even know that they're loved and they're cherished by him. Friends, we are going to bless them. And we're going to start by continuing to pray every day at 7.07 a.m. and p.m. that God will keep leading us and blessing us so that we might bless others with the love of Jesus. Graduates, we are so excited about honoring you and celebrating you on Sunday, May 16th. So if you or anyone you know is graduating, please then let us know by filling out the graduate form on our website. In the very first book of the Bible called Genesis, God said to Abraham, I am going to bless you so that you can bless the world. I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others. Friends, your greatest contribution in the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise, someone you invest in, someone you love in the name of Jesus. So here are five ways 
that you can bless lives with the love of Jesus. I thought about my own mother that I'm, I'm thankful for that taught me the way that I should go and I can remember her praying over myself, my brother, my sister from the tops of our heads to the tips of our toes and it, I also thought about the other women in my life that were motherly figures, my aunt as well as my grandmother who I considered a second mother and went to be with the Lord early last year. And then surprisingly to me were these women from my church that took this motherly role, even though I may not be their son, they took me under their wing. They encouraged me, they loved on me, they prayed for me, they sat me down and set me straight sometimes. And I'm so grateful for these women that have been in my life that have just taken this call to best and love and with this next song the blessing I can see with the words that are that are uh, in the lyrics that it can be sung from a mother's perspective a prayer for a blessing over her children a prayer that this blessing would extend uh, beyond generations it would just continue on and on so as we continue to worship whether you have had a mother like that, or maybe you can be a mother like that to someone here or in your community. I'd like for us to stand, continue worship, and let's sing from a mother's perspective.
this is about the third or fourth time, but I get to say it too. Happy Mother's Day. Online, everybody at home, everybody in here, you love your mommy, right? Right. Can I put that right there? Yes, I can. Things moms never say. You ready? Never. Being a mom feels like a warm day on a tropical island where the sand is gemstones and the water tastes like coconut LaCroix. <laughs> Being a mom is I have so much time to invest in myself this weekend that I think I'm going to take up learning how to play the harp. The, the mothers in the room are sort of going flat on me right now. <laughs> Being a mom, never going to hear this, I can't believe I ever stressed about these little humans that take every ounce of my care and energy. And finally, this one, you'll never hear this one, I'm totally crushing motherhood. <laughs> no, we're not going to hear that. No mom literally ever in the history of the universe of the planet. That, that's not how moms go at it. But moms are some of the strongest, wisest, most generous servants, period, ever. Are they not? Are they not? Of course they are. They are ridiculously Jesus-following moms. You are ridiculously, audaciously, bodaciously, magnificently, fantastically demonstrating what it means to respond to Jesus by serving. That's what you're doing. We've said it already four times this morning. Here's what it is, my friends. Moms have discovered something that all of us really want in on. And what all of us really want in on is something like this. We want to know that our lives make a difference. That matters to us. There, we want our lives to matter about something much larger than ourselves. Don't you? Yes, you do. And moms have discovered the secret sauce. And the secret sauce is a surprise. It's a flip of what we might think. For me to really have my life mean something, maybe I think I'd go out and try to get more for myself, but that's not how it works. Moms, what you know is this. I become deeply fulfilled when I surrender to serving the needs of others. That's where it is, my friends. Jesus said it. The Son of Man, referring to himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what makes us come alive, Jesus followers. Giving in response to having first received. It's Mother's Day. And I can remember, I'm, I'm going to change the name because I wouldn't want to embarrass my friend. But I said to my friend, we'll call him Fred. Fred, what are you giving Wilma? for Mother's Day. And you know what he said back to me? Nothing. She's not my mother. Are you gasping? You know what I did? I called an, imb I called an, uh, an imbecile. <laughs> so he said that. How's that working for you, Fred? So 
just a little advice because in Mother's Day, all kinds of things, the wires get crossed. And I'm, this is a piece of advice for you men. Help your children love their mother, husbands. Now, if you're not married to the mother of your children, gentlemen, if that's who you are, let me tell you something. It's really hard, but you must help your children learn their mother. Let all the rest of it go. Don't ever stop doing that. Whatever you think you gain, it's not a gain, it's a loss. That's just a little extra something this morning for no charge. And I know it's hard. Here's what servants have done, mothers have done, made themselves available and set aside whatever it is that she might want to do. She simply says, that little one is more important and just do it. For the sake of this little person, available to whom? To Jesus Christ. For what? To serve your children, to serve your family. And that's what moms do. So moms are showing up Jesus followers as exhibit A. That's what they are. If you want to figure out what it means to be a Jesus apprentice, then we can see service as the way we get there. It's what Jesus did. It's how he lived his life. Jesus was a servant. And that, that's what a mom is, exhibit A. So we're here today, yes, to celebrate moms, but we're really here to celebrate Jesus, the servant of all. And we have this great thing about the way God made us. And moms show us God's love when they love well, when they love in service to others. And I want to say a few things, if I can, this morning, about one particular exhibit. It happens to be my own mother. And my emotions are rumbling now. Right now, today is one year today that she died. We were with her a year ago. It was a Saturday, obviously. Today is Sunday. So May 9, 2020, my siblings and my family, we were with my mom, and she died. But, and I want to say a few things about her because she was really a great exhibit of servant love. A Jesus follower was my mother. But let's start this way. Let's start with a couple of pictures. This will give you some insight into me. The first picture, is, I am not here, this is last February on my mother's 93rd birthday. She, this is February of 2020, she died in May of 2020. So there in the room, there's my little old mini mama, 93 years old. Now she's, um, she has a substantial memory loss, but look carefully, you see a little pink crown on her head? Isn't she cute, my little mini mama? So in the picture there are three of my four siblings, a, couple, a, 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 a nephew, a great niece, and sisters-in-law and brother-in-law. So that's who's there. Now, the tall one in the middle in the back is the brother just a year younger than me. I affectionately refer to him as Tank. But anyway, here's the next picture. It'll give you some insight into all of us. Look carefully. You'll notice that we're all missing our front teeth. And that's because every time we're together, my mother would make brownies, and she's no longer, well, she's no longer able to do it, but we made them anyway, and we black out our teeth and take a family picture. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the October before the February, and I am all there. And so you have my entire family. My siblings were all in the picture. I won't go through it all, but uh, basically we don't have a whole lot of intelligence is what I'm trying to say. So there's my mom, a servant, a mom, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother, two great-grandchildren there uh, in the arms of their father, her grandson. So here's what I want you to think about as we think about mothers, and a few things more I want to say about my mom. Ephesians chapter 4, 
verse 1. Serving is, is what it means to be called. So notice what this great Apostle Paul says. He says, therefore I, a prisoner serving for the Lord, what he means is that he's in jail because he's being resisted by the culture, by the Roman culture. He says, I beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling. You have been called by God. And it's really, really clear that people who've been called by God end up, a lot of what they end up doing is serving, giving away. And so that's a running start on what we're all trying to be here is biblical servants. We respond to what we've been given by serving others. And, and again, a few details about my mom, if I could do that. We called her Ma. We're Southerners, M-A-W. And her grandchildren and great-grandchildren called her Mama. I think one of the first grandchildren doubled it up. So that was my mom. She left college after her junior year, married my dad, and by the age of 29, she had five kids. Whew. Okay, the marriage thing wasn't working real well, so about age 32, she and my dad were divorced. This was in northern Alabama where we lived. All of her family, my mother's lived in St. Augustine, so she said, I can't do this alone. And we moved. My mom and my siblings and I moved to St. Augustine, and she's 32 years old, a single mom, raising five kids, monsters, the first four of us, all boys, then the sweet little baby sister, who is later today going to see this on YouTube. Hi, Alice. Personal privilege. She, when we moved to St. Augustine, available to serve, here's how my mother served. She finished college while working full-time. She fed us. She kept us out of jail. <laughs> she dang near killed herself. Again, available. She used her intelligence. She used her grit and hard work. She used her commitment to finish. Was she ever discouraged? No. My mother just wouldn't quit. A couple of more passages that come up to help you and me understand it's tough out there, servants. We, it didn't say it's going to be easy. So this is the Apostle Paul trying to help us understand the force of God at work in our lives. Look at what he says here. The God's gifts, whatever you have to bring to the table, and God's call, the same call that he wrote about and we've already read, that we've been called, they're irrevocable. Friends, take encouragement from that. It gets tough out there, but God doesn't quit on us. And so it can get discouraging, but God doesn't quit. You know, I never asked, my mother and I talked about a lot of things. We talked about faith. We talked about how she was growing in her faith. I, I, I was thinking that yesterday about, I never asked her, what was it like for you in terms of your faith with all of this difficulty? And she was sort of just go get them kind of person, just grind. And I just, I, I, one of these days I'll find out. But I didn't ask her on this side. She held in there because I think she knew, even if she didn't know this text, she knew this was the case. Is that where it is with you? Are you wondering? You know, we want to make a difference. And our, the difference is going to need to be us giving somewhere in a way that makes everything better. It will never be self-centered, self-focused. We can't possibly be the end game, our own personal lives. And God won't quit. It's irrevocable. But here's another thing we can hang on to. And again, we're still listening to the great Apostle Paul. 
this has to do with staying in the game. Look at what he says to his friends in that little city of Philippi. Forgetting what is behind. Man, that's hard to do. You've got to let it go, he's saying. And straining towards what is ahead. And look at what he says next. I press on, does Paul, toward the goal to win the prize for which God called me. So whatever it is that God has given us to do, just go, is what Paul is saying. Keep going. And yes, the past may be hard, but Paul is saying, you can do this. Keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. The last thing I want to say about my mom is this. She was available to raise these kids, but here's what happened. My mom, after seven and a half years, said, well, wait a minute, maybe this marriage can work. She called my dad up and said, hey, you want to give it another try? She was available to be a servant in order to make our family healthier, more whole, more, more happy, flourish. She called my dad and he said, okay. He moved back. And so we as children were restored to our dad and in, in many ways restored to financial stability, having been in relatively unstable single mom, five wild Indian kids. Isn't that great? What a great story. She was never going to quit. And you know what this does? This brings us right to Jesus. That's where we are right now, right to him. And what do I mean by that? I mean that Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling me. Maybe you've never said yes to him. Or maybe you have, but you don't really fully understand it. And we have a word for that. It's a beautiful word in the Greek language, sozo. It gets translated most of the time salvation or to, to get saved. And what that means is God loves us and God is extending to us and God is knocking on the door of our reality, our world, our life, our heart. And God is saying, I want to come in and restore you and make you into a new being. I want you to know you're loved. I want you to know you're forgiven. I want you to know you're called. I want you to know that you will be used by me in your way to make a huge difference in the world. And so we respond. We say, yes, we've been called to respond to God's initiation of love, and we enter into this new relationship with him. Maybe that's where you are right now, wondering if that's what you want to do. And what God is doing now is tapping, beckoning, nudging, loving, saying, I love you, and I want you to love me back. Release. Let's get started. But what happens next is God takes over. And God starts to transform us. There's a fancy word, a religious-sounding word, sanctification. What that means is that God transforms us and makes us into new being. And, and if you have said yes and responded to the beckoning love of Jesus and begun a relationship with him, the next thing you know, everything starts changing from the inside out. You become a new person, a different person. We are transformed and transforming as we apprentice to Jesus as we follow him as we stay close to him and then we notice he's always serving people he's always doing things for people he's always teaching and healing and caring and loving and transforming and we just we get in the game you and I do that's what happens to us the next thing we do is we become people who ourselves have been deployed. But just look at this one text that Paul says that helps us to understand past, present, future. This is once again Paul talking about what it means to be a person who has responded and has begun the transformation that happens when Jesus takes up residence in us. Look at what he says. Brothers and sisters, 
think of what you were when you were called. In other words, do a little history. What was it about me when I first heard the knock on the door of my life and I began to respond? I surrendered. See how far you've come, he said. And then he does this really encouraging thing in their culture. He says, you weren't big shots. You weren't all, you're not all the smartest people. You're not the, most, the wealthiest people, the most educated people. You're just regular people. He's saying everybody has a place to play in this transformation service game. Let me, let me do it for you this way. Who is eligible to be transformed and be a follower and a princess of Jesus? It's like Little League. You ready? So if you want to be a part of the, of the game, it's not like Major League Baseball where you get the best players you can get with the money that you have. It's not even like college baseball where you can go and recruit and hope you can attract people and you have some scholarship money to help them get through it. It's not even like high school baseball where the best 24 kids get to play on the team. The work of Jesus in transformation, the work of Jesus in this family, the work of Jesus in your life, it's Little League. Just take the bound, whatever the boundary is. Everybody plays. Everybody plays. And there is a place for everybody on the field. And that's what Jesus is saying. Think about who we are. We're just regular people. You don't need to know anything else. If you are a transforming person, you have a story to tell. You can listen well. You can love other people. You have a place to play in this game. And that's what's happening to you and to me when we become Jesus followers who want to be servants. Three things I want to do to encourage you to be servants. The first one is this. I want you to think about how you can serve the church of Jesus Christ. And when I say that, I mean capital C church. I mean the body of Jesus Christ. I mean the local church, which is the church of Jesus. It may be this church. For many of us, most of us it is. Some of you are online, and you may be live in Tallahassee or somewhere. And you, but here's what, here's what we're being asked to do to serve. People, everybody plays, and there's a place for us to play in making church happen. For, just think about Sundays. There's a million different ways to help out on Sunday morning. I'm not going to go through the list. You, maybe you got met by a smiling parking lot greeter. Maybe someone helped you find a seat. Maybe there's somebody back there taking care of your child. There's lots of ways that you can. But what I think we're, say, we're asking is, how can I make a difference just on Sundays? Now, this is not, not going to be your main way that you serve God for most of us. It's something you can do with love. But friends, what I'm saying to you is, Jesus' followers serve his body. And what I want you to do is flick a switch and say, how can I give to make this body healthier so it can be a blessing to others who don't know this beautiful thing that I know, which is the love of God. So I want you to be thinking about that. How can you do it? We can help you. Go to the website. There are nine million ways. And I, yes, I am kind of shamelessly recruiting right now. But I mean it because it's a response. How can we not want to share what we've discovered? I want to be a person who loves other people the way I'm being loved. And one of the ways we can do that is, and I, it's the, the way we help this body be a healthy, vibrant organism. And it's Little League. Everybody has a place. The second way I wanted to invite you to think about how you can serve is I, wanted, I want you to think about those of us who get paychecks. There's some people in the room who are beautiful servants who don't get paychecks. But for those of us who get paychecks, in your job, how can you be a servant 
let's go to one last text from this great apostle Paul. He writes to a different little city in Greece, Colossae. He says this, And whatever you do, whether it's in word, that is by what you say, or whether it's in your deeds, that is what you do, look at what he says here. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. You know what that means is? In your job, I'm not asking you, Paul's not asking you, Jesus isn't asking you to do more. He's asking us to do what we already do, but do it differently. Think of serving. Think of serving your boss. Think of serving your customers, your clients. Think of serving your colleagues. Think of serving the people that work for you, if that's the case. What we do when we serve is we care for other people. I want, I want to put it to you this way. Your job is your ministry. You may think you own your job, but we don't own anything. It all belongs to God. My, my job, your job, is to minister where you are. That doesn't mean you don't do whatever you're getting paid for, but it means you do it thinking of it as ministry. You think of it as, as I am serving the people around me, and one of the most important tools in serving, you ready? Listening. You want to know how you can really be a servant in your business, in your job, in your work? Listening. Listening well to others. Now I want to point out something about my head. I have two ears. I have one mouth. Do the math. Listen. Don't be thinking about what you're going to say next. Just, hey, how's it going? And, and really listen. Engage. I promise you, if you do what you do really well, which is what Paul was saying in, the, in that verse, do it really, really well as if you're God's ambassador. Do your job really well as best you can and then be a listener. It will revolutionize your workplace. I promise you. Then you will begin to see that, oh, I'm being used in my job because we spend a lot of time in our job. So that's what, another way of saying that is this. In your work, be a deeply devoted follower of Jesus who happens to be an outside salesman or a pastor or an entrepreneur or a bank loan officer or a somebody who sells construction materials or somebody who consults or somebody who teaches, happens to be a teacher. Well, that's, that's two things. I want you to serve Jesus' body. I want you to serve where you're working. Now I want to we're going to return to where we started. We're going to return to moms. Let's do that for a minute. What a great thing to do. Mother's Day. McLean said it already. This is a tough day for a couple of, in a couple of ways. And there are two or three moms in the room who have buried children. They're here now, and you're online so hard if you're a mom and you've lost a child there there are no words and I can't possibly know how that is but I know it's powerful and real and this is a, in some ways a hard day for you but I have this to say to you God will restore you your broken heart will one day be made whole again because in life that goes on forever, in the presence of Jesus Christ, there are no more tears. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. It doesn't make today go away. But God's call 
is irrevocable. And he will heal you. There are some in the room who wish they could be moms and simply aren't for whatever reasons. I say the same thing to you. I'm not in charge of how that's going to work out, but I believe that God's love is big, and these are hard, hard things, but God will wipe away every tear. That's what happens with people of faith. Here's what I want to say to you who are moms. Don't ever say, if you don't get a paycheck, moms, many moms do get paychecks, but if you don't get a paycheck, never say, just a mom. Please don't ever say that because you're not just a mom. You're fantastic with or without a paycheck. And here's what I want to say to you, moms. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but may be someone you raise. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Servants, apprentices of Jesus, fully devoted followers of the almighty king of the universe, exploding into your life, your world, your workplace, your home, serving others because you first had experienced the love of Jesus. That's how we do it. That's the secret sauce. That's the way we will be people who make a difference that's far larger than anything that's about ourselves. Let me pray for us. Gracious God, what a, what a great banquet of celebration and hope it is to sense how beautifully you have loved us we sense it particularly and today we get a chance to think about it concretely when we think about moms and how they've loved us and what we're doing there when we're good moms and when we're good dads and when we're good servants, when we're good bosses, when we're good workers. What we're doing is we're beginning to see that the fulfillment in our lives is to go on the assignment to which you have deployed us. And we know that's going to end up being something that we do to serve the needs of others. We're going to listen really well to others. We're going to build relationships with others on purpose to figure out how we might be able to be a person that serves them. Gracious God, we may be profoundly grateful right now for how someone has served us. We thank you that you held nothing back. You, gracious God, gave everything because you loved us so much. You served us with the very life of your son, Jesus Christ. We can't outgive you. We can't outserve you. But we can be your sons and your daughters, your little boys and your little, your little girls. And we can love others well. And in that way, the blessing that we've experienced becomes a blessing that we then pass on to others. That's who we want to be. Thank you, gracious God, for love. Thank you that it's reckless. We see it in particular ways today as we celebrate the way you've made mothers such a powerful impact on our lives. Help us, gracious God, to love you back 
the way you've loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, let me invite you to stand because singing an Easter celebration song to help us launch out the door to be great servants, we're going to rattle a little bit more. Thank you.